Let's pray. Gracious Lord, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you so much for this time of singing, of, of worship, of celebration. God, that is the good news that you have come, that you lived, that you died, and that you have risen again. And Lord, we gather this morning not simply to celebrate that, but to also look forward to your return. And God, the message of the cross is many things, but one of the things is that we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear anything because the power that was in Jesus is in with us today. And so, God, as we look at your word, would you open up our hearts and minds as we open up your word, and would you speak to us, Lord? We ask this now in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so I know that I'm a fickle individual sometimes, and... You know, when it's summer, I'm ready for winter, and when it's winter, I'm ready for summer, but I have had enough rain. I don't know about the rest of you. I've had, some people, I've met some Portland folks, and they're like, no, this is beautiful. I was like, go back to Portland. It's like that all the time. Uh, I'm looking forward to spring and summer. One of the things I like about spring and summer is, uh, you know, traveling, going different places, doing different things. Uh, like amusement parks. I'm a big fan of roller coasters. Do we have any roller coaster people here? One, two. Okay, there's more of you. All right, this is good. All right, I love the roller coaster. It's a little terrifying. I'm not going to lie. I don't like heights, but I like the roller coaster. Uh, There's something about the whole experience, just waiting in line. Seriously, even waiting in line, because you hear the screams as people leave and as they come back and that rush, the kind of that growl that shakes the whole building. I love that. I love getting in strapped into the, uh, the thing with that harness that like you think it's perfectly fine and then they come and they make it too tight, you know, that. And then they put that strap right where you don't want that strap to be and you're really uncomfortable. But you don't want to be like, no, I don't want the strap because you know you need that so you don't die. Uh, that's helpful. I love that. And then you're strapped in and then it starts. It's the click, the click, 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 click. And you get up to the top there and then what it's about to happen. Then it stops clicking and you're like, any minute, any minute. And then it breaks loose, and you're off. Love it. Love the noise. Love the loudness. Love, love the screaming. Love that big jerky stop you have at the end as you come into the station. Just like grabs you, and you're like, oh, it's over. And then you're like, I lived through this. And then there's that sort of that rush. That just it's it's awesome. I love the roller coaster. Now, this morning we're not talking about roller coasters. Sorry. Um, <laughs> We're talking about life, um, and life is not like a roller coaster, decidedly. Maybe you figure that out. Um, yes, there are ups and downs, but there is, like, no safety harness in life. I don't know if you figure that out, and so, like, there's a chance you might fall out. Um, there is no station. You get to stop at the end of the ride. Sometimes it just keeps going, and you feel like you're stuck on this thing holding on for your dear life. That's how life goes, and life can be a bit terrifying, and it can make us afraid, and we all have fear. That's just the truth. And whether you're here this morning as a Christ follower or somebody interested in Jesus or, or just somebody who got invited and, and you're just here because you're here, uh, we all have fear. That's something that's universal for us. We all have things we're afraid of. And as Christ followers, we still have fear because accepting Jesus doesn't make life like less fearful. It doesn't make it less terrifying. It doesn't make it easier or more peaceful. It's just life, and that's the life we all have to live. As a matter of fact, there's an account in Scripture in Mark chapter 4 that I want to look at this morning that's about Jesus with his first 12 followers. That's pretty terrifying. Uh, Here's how the text reads. It's in Mark 4 verse 35 and following. It says, that day when evening came, 
he said to his disciples, let's go to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. And then a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And this three-hour tour quickly turned into a nightmare. Uh, Just to make sure that we're all on the same page, uh, Mark is writing this. He's probably uh, recorded this from Peter, who was in the boat there. Peter is one of Jesus' first 12 uh, followers. Peter is a fisherman by trade, a professional fisherman by trade, as are at least three of the other disciples who are there in the boat. And so this is not their first rodeo, nor is it their first storm. Uh, They've spent a lot of time there in the Sea of Galilee. And the text says that this furious squall comes up. It says the winds are blowing, the rain is falling, the waves are buffeting. There you go, that's a good word. They're crashing into the boat. And it says they are terrified, they're afraid that they are going to sink. Now, we don't have a lot of professional fishing operations here in Bowling Green, at least not that I'm aware of. And so perhaps you've not done a lot of uh, boating in a storm, but I think we've all had moments in our lives that we would say we're like a storm. It came, and they, they challenged us. We were hit with obstacle after obstacle. It seems like problems were falling on us, and, and we weren't sure how we were going to get out of it. You know, we, we were straining against the oars of life, and we were doing our best to get someplace. You know, we were, we were doing the best we could, and yet we weren't sure how we were going to make it out of this thing alive. We were afraid maybe our marriage was going to sink, or a business was going to sink, or our reputation was going to sink. Um, and we were afraid. We were afraid. If so, I think we can relate to the disciples in this moment as they are terrified in the midst of the storm. And it's fear that leads them to do things as it leads us to do things. Now, here's the thing about fear is it never really moves us forward. It, it really only holds us back. Fear constantly holds us in bondage. It keeps us from connecting with other people. It prevents us from accepting God's best and from being our best. And so if you're here this morning and you're in the middle of a storm surrounded by fear, you might wonder, like the disciples, well, where is Jesus? Where is God in the midst of all of this? And if you're not here this morning in the middle of a storm and you're just, life's good, I mean, we've all been there. And if you haven't been in a storm, you will be in a storm at some point in time. And it's natural for us to ask, where is Jesus in the middle of all this? Mark tells us where Jesus is. Verse 38, pretty interesting verse. It says, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care? Well, listen, we've all been there. I've been there where you're like praying to God and it doesn't feel like God answers your prayers or or if it... If he does hear them, at least, it doesn't feel like he's doing about anything about it. And so you do sort of ask that question, like, don't you care that we're going through this, God? Don't you care? Don't you care that I'm in the middle of a storm and the waves are crashing down on me? I've been there. I suspect you've been there. And it's surprising to see Jesus asleep in the middle of our storms. But here's the good news, is that we don't have to be afraid If Jesus is with you, even if he's asleep. Now, we might logically ask this question well, if Jesus came to set us free from fear, then why is he asleep in the boat? Don't you think he should be awake with all of us? 
I thought that for a long time. I heard a great commentary on this text. A guy by the name of Erwin McManus uh, was talking about this, and he said this. He said that, you know, many of the things that keep us awake at night fail to wake Jesus up. Let's just process that for a second. Many of the things that keep me awake, that keep you awake, that keep us all awake, they fail to wake Jesus up. Why is that? It's because the problems that we think we have aren't nearly as big of a deal as we think they are. Just look at this text. Here are the disciples. It seems like they're about to be drowned. Notice what happens. Mark 4.39, it says, He got up, that's Jesus, got up, rebuked the wind, said to the waters, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. I'm sure it was calm. On the lake and in the boat, as everybody was going, What just happened? Here's how Mark records the disciples' reaction. Uh, it says, Jesus said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? You see what Jesus is asking the disciples? He's saying, what's the big problem? What is it that you're afraid of? Why are you concerned about this? And Jesus is asking this question because through the gospel of Mark, he has already done a lot of really amazing things. He's already healed the sick and he's already cast out demons. He's already shown that he has incredible power. And the disciples are terrified even though he's with them. And Jesus is saying, why are you afraid? Don't you believe in me? If you're here this morning and you are a follower of Jesus and you have been with him for some time, then you know that he has brought you through some storms. You know that he's brought you through some difficult times in your life. The question is, why are you afraid right now? If he's shown himself to be capable and powerful in the past, why are we afraid? We don't have to be afraid if Jesus is with us. Let's ask this question maybe a little differently. What would it be like for us to go through a storm and know that we would be okay on the other side? What would that be like? It would be a little bit like a roller coaster, right? Because you know that we're going to have some sheer moments of incredible terror, but we know that it is going to be okay. That at some point in time, it's going to stop and we're going to come back to some place of safety with Jesus. And I'll tell you, I think that's what life can be like as we travel with Jesus. We know that Jesus is with us, and we know that Jesus is asleep only because he knows this isn't that big of a deal. Now, let's just ask another question. So these are professional fishermen in a boat in the Sea of Galilee. Again, not their first time in a storm, not their first time in a boat. What would they have done if Jesus hadn't been with them in the boat? What would they have done in the boat without Jesus? I'll tell you what they would have done. They would have rowed really hard. They would have bailed really fast. They would have trimmed the sail. I don't know what that means, but in every movie where there's a storm and a boat, they always tell you to trim the sail. So they would have trimmed it. They would have been trimming the sail. They would not have curled up like little babies in the bottom of the boat and been like, Jesus, help us, God, we're going to drown. No, they would have been too busy rowing and, and bailing and trimming and doing all of those things. And they might have said, God, please help us, please help us get through this. That might have been going on, but they wouldn't have stopped. They wouldn't have gotten together and, and cried about it. They would have struggled and they would have fought, and I suspect they would have made it through the other side. So the question is, why is it that they stopped doing what they knew they could do when Jesus was with them? And I think the answer is this, is that when we have Jesus with us, sometimes we feel entitled to smooth sailing and life with no storms. And we think that our life should be easy and we shouldn't be dealing with this. I think that's what the disciples were doing. 
Instead of doing what they could have done, they stopped and they said, Jesus, you do something about this. Here's the thing. I think a lot of people become Christians, and I hate to say this, I think they then turn into big babies. It's just the way that it is, friends. I think people accept Jesus Christ, and then they turn into big babies, and they refuse to do for themselves what they could do, and they sit around, and they pray, and they cry, and they huddle, and they go, why isn't God going to do something about all this stuff? And I think the world looks at Christians, and they go, what are you talking about? That's life. That's how it goes. We've all got problems. Why don't you do something about yours? Why don't you work to fix them? But instead of doing something to fix the problems in our home or at work or the problems in the community or the problems in the nation, you know, Christians just kind of huddle together and they, they cry and they pray and they go, God, do something about this. And God says, why don't you do something about this? Isn't that like why I left you there to do something about this? You see, God is sleeping because he knows we can handle this. He knows that we have got this. Here's the thing. Jesus saved us for eternity by dying on the cross. Surely we can make it through a semester, okay? Surely we can make it through a month. Surely we can make it through this season of life. Here's what Jesus did. Jesus came to do for us on the cross what we could not do for ourselves. I really want you to hear that. Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Jesus came to secure us a place in heaven so that way we could live with him and the Father for eternity. We couldn't do that for ourselves. There's nobody in this room that has the power to do that. Jesus did not come to do for us, however, what we could do for ourselves. Jesus did not come so that way we would never have anything to do. Jesus came to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves, and he expects us to do the things that we can. And so we come back to Peter, James, and John in a sailboat. And here they are in the middle of the storm. Jesus is asleep. Couldn't they have sort of been like Lieutenant Dan and Forrest Gump and tied themselves on to that mast and said, bring it. Whatever you've got, just bring it on. I'm not afraid. I've got this. I know I've got this because Jesus is asleep in the boat. If Jesus wakes up, then I'm going to get nervous. But right now, he's asleep, and I know that we're fine. Friends, you you don't have to get nervous until Jesus wakes up and he's going, wait a second, things have really gotten out of hand here. Why didn't you wake me up sooner? That doesn't happen, okay? That doesn't happen. So until then, we can say, you know what? Jesus is with us. We don't have to be afraid, even if he's asleep. We'll go back to the roller coaster. We have fun on the Thunderbird because we know that we'll go 0 to 60 in 3.5 seconds. And we'll be 140 feet off the ground. And we'll be in a weightless zero-G roll, but we'll be safe. Isn't that what the disciples should have realized? Isn't that what we should realize? That Jesus comes and he turns our fear into wonder. There's something really, really funny that happens in this text. Like, it's, it's laugh out loud funny. Here we go, Mark 4, 41, here we go. So after Jesus calms the storm, here's the reaction of the disciples. It says, they were terrified. <laughs> Now they're really afraid. They were terrified, and they asked each other, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. 
So these words were terrified. They were terrified. It doesn't really quite capture the original language. I, I looked it up this week because that's the sort of thing that I, I do. And so here's, here's how it reads. It, it literally reads, you're taking the English, it says, they feared a great fear. They feared a great fear. It's, it's phobeos, phobos, megas. Ooh, that sounds scary, doesn't it? They feared a great fear, fearing greatly fear. I mean, this, this is how this works. It's like they are afraid. They're so afraid. They're afraid. They're afraid. I mean, this is how terrifying it is. And I think the implication that Mark is giving to us is that they are actually more afraid of Jesus than they were of the storm. That when they see the power of Jesus, they're more afraid of who Jesus is and the power that Jesus has than they were afraid of the storm and the power that the storm had. Now that's funny. But after that happens, they go, wait a second, this guy is amazing. He's got incredible power. Why were we afraid I think this is why Jesus is later going to say to the disciples, he'll say this, he'll say, I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that can do no more. You see, when we truly see and perceive the power of God, the terrifying power of God, everything else comes into perspective. Especially when we realize that God's power is on our side, even though he may be asleep in the boat, he's only asleep because these storms swirling around us aren't worth waking him up to deal with. You know, as I thought about this text, it dawned on me, of all the people who were surprised by the storm, Jesus was not one of those people. Nobody knew the storm was coming, perhaps, except Jesus himself. And what does Jesus do knowing that the storm's coming? He purposely goes and takes a nap. It says he is asleep with a cushion. He went and found a cushion in this boat, and he's sleeping. He knew the storm was coming. Why did he sleep? Because he knew the disciples had this. He knew the power that was in him. He knew the power that was in them. And he said, you know what? I believe in you, and I'm going to get you through this. That kind of power is amazing, friends. This is why Joshua could say to Moses, I'm sorry, Moses could say to Joshua when he was facing an army larger than his, he could say this. He said, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. How about this? The angel says to Mary, he's going to do something amazing and new in human history. The angel says to Mary, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. In other words, he's saying, listen, you don't have to be afraid. Jesus is with you. Even if he's asleep, we can enjoy the ride. And we can enjoy the ride because Jesus never sleeps through the clutch moments of our lives. The disciples, it's going to be interesting, but in a few chapters, the disciples are going to fall asleep when they should be awake. Jesus knows this. It's, it's that Good Friday. Jesus is about, well, it's Thursday, he's about to be crucified. He's about to be betrayed. And Jesus specifically asked the disciples, he says, will you stay awake and watch and pray? Jesus is, maybe Jesus is afraid because he knows he's about to die. He, not only that, he knows that the disciples' lives are in danger. He says, I have prayed for you that, that you would not be sifted, that you would not be taken away. And Jesus says, I want you to pray. And the disciples sleep. Friends, I think that's how it is. We sleep when we should stay awake, and we stay awake when we should sleep. But Jesus never gets it wrong. Jesus never sleeps when he should stay awake. Jesus is always there. And if you need him, you only have to go to him. Even if the storm isn't that big of a deal, if it gets to you, 
you can go to Jesus. I've got three kids, and each one of them have woken me up countless times in the middle of the night because of something they were afraid of. Whether it was the noise, whether it was the power going out, whether it was a dream they had. And here's the thing, that noise isn't going to hurt them, that's the heater. You know, that dream they had, that's not real, that's not going to hurt them. The power going out, that's not going to hurt them. But they come because they're afraid. And I think that's often how our prayers are. We're afraid of so many things that are not going to hurt us, could not hurt us. But when we go to Jesus, he meets us in that place of need, and he shows us his power. And that's the power of Christ shown in the resurrection. It allows us to try new things, to to go new places, because we know that even if we fail, failure is not going to be fatal. The the power of Christ in the resurrection lets us even face something as terrifying as death because we know that once we get to the other side of that dark curtain, we will see that Jesus has been with us that entire time. You see, we don't have to be afraid if Jesus is with us. But how do we get started in that? Well, it starts by going with Jesus. For the disciples, it, it was a simple invitation. Jesus said, let's go. Let's go to the other side. And the disciples said, all right, we'll take you with us just as you are, the text says. He just hopped in the boat and they went with Jesus. That's what it takes. Now, some of you this morning may be saying, yeah, that's it, I'm ready, let's go. Uh, you know, I'm ready to take Jesus in the boat with me. I'm ready to give my life to him. That's, that's awesome. But I suspect more people need a little bit of time to think in the process, that kind of thing. And so if you're here this morning and you're thinking, man, you know, I, I would like to live my life without the fear that I've got. I want you to know Jesus talks so much about worry and anxiety and fear. And he's constantly telling his people, don't be afraid And so if you're not ready to give the rest of your life over to Jesus, I would say this, why don't you just commit to three weeks? You just come back three weeks, because over the next three weeks, we're just going to keep talking about what it means to live with a fearless attitude, what it means to live a a fearless lifestyle, as we simply look at the teachings of Jesus, how to not be afraid. And I know that we're all hungry for that. I I know that for for a lot of reasons. Uh, One of them is just kind of the things that pique our interest. In a book, Worry Less, Live More, Robert Morgan uh, talks about how Amazon tracks all of the highlights that you do in any of their books. Now, that's probably something you should be afraid of. Um, so Amazon is tracking everything you highlight in their book. They keep statistics for that. If you've got an Amazon Kindle or you do the Amazon Kindle app, you know that sometimes there's a little dotted line that says, you know, like a 1,000 people highlighted this passage, whatever. And so Amazon tracks, like, what is the most highlighted passages? And so they released this a few years ago, uh, actually maybe just two years ago, what were the most highlighted passages in different books? And so they released, you know, like the Harry Potter series and, and the Hunger Games and classics like Pride and Prejudice. But they also released the Bible. What is the most highlighted passage in the Bible? Now, we'll, if you want to guess, I, you know, lock in your guess right now, but I, I'm pretty sure you're going to get it wrong. So it's not John 3.16. You know, that was maybe guess one. It's not the 23rd Psalm. Maybe that was guess two. Maybe the Lord's Prayer. Uh, that might be guess three. That's not that either. Uh, pretty obscure verse in the scheme of things. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. How about this? It says, do not be anxious about anything. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, America's favorite verse says this, you don't have to be afraid if Jesus is with you. This morning, as our worship team comes out, we're going to sing a song of decision, and perhaps, you know, like I said, maybe you're ready to make a decision. That's great. Love to talk with you about that. Love to pray with you about that. 
Uh, if you've got questions, you know, maybe after service you want to grab, grab me. I'll be in the connection room. Love to talk with you about that. Uh, but this morning as we sing the song, if you've got a decision to make, why don't you come forward? But if not, why don't we use this time to, to really ask ourselves this question, why am I so afraid? What would it be like to live a fearless life with Jesus? Because we don't have to be afraid if Jesus is with us. And this morning, that's what we celebrate, that Christ came and he didn't just tell us, don't be afraid. He showed us that he had the power that we didn't have to be afraid of anything else. And that's something worth celebrating.